Welcome to Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies. Today we will be chatting with a true Jill of all trades. She's a mama, Emmy-nominated national news correspondent, actress, speaker, and author, Megan Alexander. Megan graces our TV screens each night on the top-rated syndicated national news magazine TV show, Inside Edition, and our radios every weekday morning on WSM's Coffee Country and Cody. She has been a frequent guest commentator on HLN, CNN, Fox News, and even the Wendy Williams Show. She's covered a wide variety of topics from the Super Bowl to interviewing presidents. As an actress, Megan has appeared in one of our favorite ABC primetime dramas, Nashville, and in feature films like Space Warriors, among others, and not to mention authored two books. And as if that is not enough, she is a mother of three and travels between Nashville and New York. Truly a bad hardworking mama. Yeah. Megan, Megan welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Great to be here. Seriously, what have you not done? <laughs> oh, gosh. Gotten enough sleep. <laughs> yes, we are right there with you. So pre-husband and kids, you went to Westmont College in Southern California. That is, is that in Santa Barbara? Yeah, that's right. Montecito. So gorgeous. Right where Duchess Megan and Prince Harry Yes. <laughs> I follow them and I'm fascinated by Harry and Meghan. It is so interesting, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Santa Barbara is gorgeous. Yeah. I love it there. I grew up in Southern California in Westlake Village. So that is just a little bit north of oh, yeah. my stomping ground. That's right. I don't know how you guys ever leave California. But uh, <laughs> expense, right? Um, Yeah, that's number one. Your degree is in political science. But when I think of a poli-sci degree, I think of like people wanting to go into politics. So did you always dream of being an entertainment news correspondent? Yeah. So I always wanted to do something in entertainment since about age five, um, just performing, creating music, theater. You know, I did all that in school, sang in the church choir, just wanted to do something in that arena. And I went to a small Christian college, Westmont, which, which you just mentioned, and they did not have a very strong entertainment um, program in any way, no broadcast journalism degree. Um, and so I just fell back on political science because when I decided, okay, I need to you know, get my degree here for four years at a liberal arts college, I was fascinated with government and with people and how people interact and, you know, sort of the social contract in life. And so I just chose that degree. Maybe a small part of me thought I would consider law school, but I always wanted to still do entertainment. And my parents just said, get a meaty degree that you can fall back on if everything falls apart, right? Yeah, that's a good plan B. So how did you segue into what you're doing now? One word, internships. I mean, it was all about the internship for me. But, yes. You know, I got seven internships mm, before I yes. got my first job. And so all through college, I was constantly bugging the radio station. Working for free. Yes, working for free. The television <laughs> station in Santa Barbara. I, I studied for a semester in Washington, D.C. I interned for a United States senator. Um, I interned at the BBC, like anything I could do to just figure out the industry. And then eventually got my first paying gig at a radio station here in Nashville. So about the on-the-job experience. Yes, I hands down think internships are the most important part of college. And just meeting people, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's the one time in your life you have an excuse to say, I will work for free. I'm allowed to work for free because I can get credit from school or whatever. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. And don't you think, ladies, when I look back on it, if I could give anyone advice, I would say when you accept those internships, you have permission to bug them all the time with questions. You have Mm -hmm. a right to ask anything you want because you're working for free. So pick their brain. That's what you get to do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same here. I went to Vanderbilt, hopped over two streets to work at record labels and, you know, just did all the departments, marketing, PR, A&R. And I got my first job at a record label out of college. That's just how you do it. I think when you have one of these careers that you're really, well, probably any career. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's just best, the best experience. Give us a little rundown after the radio station in Nashville. So you jumped from college to Nashville. My senior year at Westmont, my roommate had transferred from Vanderbilt to Westmont. And she took me home on spring break our senior year and introduced me to this incredible city of Nashville. And I thought I'd move to New York or LA. And then I got a taste of Nashville and I said, I've got to move here and just give it a try for a couple of years. Awesome. So then how do you go from radio into the TV world? Like you, Courtney, I also just tried to get my foot in the door in any way in Nashville in the entertainment industry. I also interned for a singer-songwriter who's now a dear friend, Michael Oakes, who uh, hired me and let me just pitch his music to people. I I pitched Leanne Rhymes one of his CDs in the bathroom. She was washing her hands, and I pulled his, one of I pulled one of his CDs <laughs> out of my purse, and I said, "I really think you need oh to listen gosh, to track amazing. four. <laughs> See, this is stuff we can't do anymore because nobody pitches with CDs anymore. What a bummer. I was just thinking of that. Like my purse used to be full of CDs. That that takes you back a bit. That's amazing. Yep, yep. Yes. But yeah, and then just stumbled upon somebody that said, hey, you have a really nice voice for radio. Ah. Would you want to read traffic and weather reports for some of the radio stations in town? And I was like, sure. sure. And so I went in, I auditioned the gig paid. And that was my foot in the door. And some of those reports also are on some of the television stations around town. And sometimes they want you to appear on camera when you read those radio um, weather and, and traffic reports. So Fox 17 in Nashville, let me fill in for a week on camera as an on-camera reporter. And I saved that tape, um, saved that recording and pitched it around. You just happen to be beautiful too, so that doesn't oh, hurt the on-camera aspect of it. Makeup, it probably wasn't too pretty, but I tried my best. No, I think that's awesome. My sister is actually a news reporter. She's an anchor in Knoxville, but okay. she went to school for this. And I remember when she was in college, like her practicing her TV voice and stuff. Yeah. And you, maybe you were practicing at home too. I don't know. Oh, or sure. you're just naturally gifted with your voice. I don't know. But yes, you'd have a great voice for it. I think you lower the register. You're constantly <laughs> trying to lower as a female. They're always saying, keep it low. Don't go high, right? Don't go <laughs> that high pitched. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But then one thing leads to the next and you just start meeting people. Wow. Okay. So at what point you're currently working at Inside Edition? I think I read, was it 2007? You got that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. job. So you'd been in TV a little while. Yeah. So I worked in, in Nashville for two years. And then um, through those weather and traffic reports, I, I learned that San Antonio, Texas was looking for a morning reporter for their morning news show, the CBS affiliate down there. And in addition to giving the traffic reports, they also wanted me to co-host their daily entertainment show called Great Day SA, Great Day San Antonio. And that was it. I went down there. I auditioned. I got the job and spent three years just doing anything and everything for that station. And then from there, um, I learned that Inside Edition was hiring on the West Coast because I'm originally from Seattle. I learned they were looking for an LA reporter. And my agent at the time, I said, hey, can we send her my resume, Uh, send them my resume and my tape? And my agent said, no, you're not their type. What? 
Um, I don't know about you ladies, but I was raised to just get feedback. Like even if you get a no, just at least get the no, right? You got to at least approach people. Also, don't tell me I can't. That's you my are other exactly thing. right. Don't let people tell you no. You need people around you that believe in you. And so I said, oh, just send my tape. I want to get some feedback. Yeah. 24 hours later, that agent called me and said, quote, what the hell do I know, Megan? They want to fly you to New York where the main show is. And, and I said, okay. So I flew up there. 24 hours later, they made me an offer. I accepted and I eventually fired the agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So anybody out there listening, you know, just keep trying. And sometimes you got to just move on when people don't believe in you and just go, go for the no. I mean, you just want to at least make contact, you know, and give it your best. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, and it's, it's all about... Sometimes green lights are disguised in red lights and yellow. And that oh, was that cool. was your red light. She was telling you no. And you yeah. pushed through and you got your green light. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Absolutely. So were you married at that point? So my husband and I were engaged okay. in San Antonio, Texas. We thought Texas forever. We loved it down there. We, we loved San Antonio. And God totally closed that door and just burst open the door to New York City. And we, I will say we went kicking and screaming a little bit because my husband had just bought a Ford F-250 Ford truck, <laughs> like the big Texas truck, not a New York car. I said, babe, we will take your truck to New York. So we left, we sold my car and oh. brought his Ford F-250 to New York and he hysterical. drove it around New York city. It was, oh my was gosh. That's hysterical spots. I bet people are like, who are these yes. <laughs> driving this yes, truck? Like who on earth would bring this truck to New York? That's but hysterical. We brought it well, I'm from Tennessee. So we're all about the, the pickup trucks. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. So, okay. So you guys didn't have kids No. Yet. So then we went to New York, got married soon after back in Seattle. And we were in New York for three years as newlyweds, which was really fun. And then had our first child, Chase. Did you always want kids? Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. So yeah. tell me this, because I wasn't sure how the kids would fit into the career plan. Did, I sure. mean- you can want them, but you still don't know, like, how's this going to work? So mm -hmm. how did you think it was going to work? And then how did it yeah. work? Yeah. Well, I will say that um, we literally had just discussed trying to have kids and I got pregnant. Boom. So there was no prep time. Like, oh, yeah. okay, here we go. Um, and then, you know, one thing I will say, uh, many reasons that I love New Yorkers, but I just looked around me and people just figure it out up there. I mean, awesome. It's a survival city, right? And yeah. so it's like, okay, this daycare could work and you can do this activity and um, you make it work. And like, for example, Chase, who's now turning 10 in a couple of days, when he was a baby in New York City, his only bedroom for two years was our walk-in closet. Yeah, I believe it. Because oh, that's what so you do. Cool. Yeah. It's so expensive that I was looking around at what my friends were doing and one had converted her walk-in closet to a baby room. And I said, that's it because mm -hmm. we don't have a baby yeah. room. Well, they don't know the difference. All they, they need is mom. <laughs> they just care that their parents are there. So yes. Yeah. You're right, Courtney. I would say it's adapting and making it work and just looking around and seeing what other people are doing. And I, did, I had no idea what it was going to look like in New York City. And you just put one right. foot in front of the other and put that stroller on the subway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I, I quote you awesome. on that? Put that stroller on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> and once you've done it, you're like, okay, I can do it. It was a little dirty, yeah. but yeah. It, okay. Don't touch the right. gum. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when I was reading your bio, I think the most 
compelling part for me was that you travel back and forth from New York to Nashville. How often are you flying? So I had, we had been in New York city full time for about six years. And then I went part-time with inside edition to cover Thursday night football and CBS. I covered um, Thursday night football for two seasons, the 2014 and 2015 seasons. And once I began going part-time and traveling to all these games, my husband and I were like, gosh, we, we want to have more kids. We're in this tiny one bedroom apartment in New York city. And I'm looking around and people are commuting from Connecticut, long Island, you know, all the different places that people take two hour subway or train rides in. And I just thought, I don't really want to do that. And we were just talking to my parents and my dad's like, well, what about if you commuted from like Charlotte or Nashville? Yeah. You know, a, a Southern city that's close where it's like an hour and a half flight. What about if you could figure out a way to just commute in for those three days a week that you were working on inside edition and then fly to the football game and then just fly home back to Nashville. Yeah. And, and so we said, let's, let's try it for six months. And seven years later, it worked out. <laughs> That's incredible. So do you go daily or do, or weekly or how does it? Yeah. So I, I have not gone in a year because of the pandemic. I've been working okay. from Nashville, but what the routine is, is I go up Monday morning and I come back Wednesday night. So I'm just up there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and hubby holds down the fort. And then I've got the kids Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, helping him. We're, you know, we're happy. But <laughs> does he stay home with them or is he working as well? Yeah, he's working as well. All of my babies have known daycare since eight weeks old. So we are yeah. thankful for good daycares. And, you know, my parent, my, my parents help out occasionally, but they don't help out full time. So it's, it's been daycare and then just, you know, good friends that can occasionally take somebody to practice or something when I'm yeah. out. Well, I, f- I can relate on the juggle. My husband's in the military. And so Okay. You know, he hasn't deployed in a couple of years because of his current job, but he's about to go and be deployable again. And it, again, it's like six months of going, I'm, this is, I'm it. And so you have to kind of hand your kids off. It's like, you let go and you let God, you're like, please, I hope you're okay. Go with these people. (laughs) Cause you have to get stuff done. You got to go out of town. You got to work or whatever. Yeah. So Morgan, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but my dad commuted oh, from I Northern California that. to Southern California when yes. I was in high school. So I was in 10th grade and my brother was like four years younger than me and or in school. And so he commuted. He did the same thing you're doing, Megan. Basically, Sunday night or Monday morning, he would fly up there. But he ended up getting his pilot's license so he could fly himself. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so Yeah, I oh, know. Wow. Crazy girl. Next step for you. Yeah, really? Anyway, <laughs> he would come home in time for my brother's freshman football games on Thursday nights. Um, and then sophomore year, it was like Friday night football and stuff. So anyway, same thing. My mom held down the fort and then my dad was back for the long weekend, basically. And it worked, you know? It's interesting, ladies, too. I will say that with guys, people don't blink when you tell them that they commute. With me, people people look at my husband and they go, how do you do it? You let her leave. You let I that see that oh, that's yeah. cringy. I, but it's true. Oh, yeah. It's the world though. It, it's it, very cringy. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. don't believe in men for some reason when it comes to child rearing. Thank you, Morgan. My husband it's has so got he gets offended now. He's good like, for him. I'm good. He should. I'm good <laughs> for three days. Yes, he says he's like, Why do people always look at me and go, uh, you know, are you just barely surviving? He's like, I got this. Yeah. I love but it's my interesting. Kids. I love my kids. I can just. It's interesting though. Uh, I still find that again with guys commuting, it's just oh okay. But with ladies, people still kind of flip out. So yeah. So, wow. so my oldest brother 
he stayed home with their three kids and his wife worked. She had a better job. She made more money. And he was the stay-at-home dad their entire lives. And then he ended up working from home. Yeah. So to me, I see it and I'm going, that's totally normal. But it is people give a second look. It's crazy. And it's really sad. I, I hope for men and for fathers everywhere that people start to change their opinions. Well, also for women, because I feel like some people will be like, oh, isn't that hard for your kids that you're gone? And it's like, well, it's hard yes, when the dad's gone. They're too. judgy. It doesn't matter yeah. how you cut it. Kids are going to want both of their parents there all the time. Sure. That's just what they're going to want. Yes. Yeah. But they're also going to realize it's OK. <laughs> Life goes on when one's yeah. not there all the time. And I I mean, Morgan and I started Hadley Park because we wanted our girls to not think that the world ended when they were born for us, that our right. world ended, that we had nothing else. I mean, you have to have something else, yeah. even if it's a hobby, like you have to do something Otherwise, your kids. Are, I mean, I'm not a psychologist here. I'm just speaking freely from yeah. my opinion. But <laughs> Dr. if Courtney. you, Dr. Courtney says that if your kids think the world completely revolves around them every second of the day, they will grow up being narcissists. Yeah. I, yes. Or something. Or something. I mean. There's yeah. got to be a theory behind that. Some doctor can chime in here and tell me what it's We called. should ask Dr. Becky, yeah. <laughs> my Instagram therapist that I always follow. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So it sounds like life has semi gotten back to normal. Yeah. Can we back up? Because first of all, Megan and I have kids at the same school. This is how yeah. I even know of Megan existing in Nashville, not just existing on my TV. Uh, <laughs> she she did a story for Inside Edition last year that featured our kids homeschooling because we're really lucky. Our school dove in and figured out yeah. how to make things work virtually pretty quickly when the pandemic hit. And you kind of spotlighted that, but it definitely throws working parents, non-working parents, everybody for a big loop, you had to figure out how to make it all happen within the four walls of your house. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what that looked like for you. And it sounds like you're not back to the old norm. And so what do you think the future will look like? Well, like everybody else, when both parents are working in a household, when the pandemic hit, it was very much like, oh my goodness, how are we going to juggle this? Because, you know, obviously in some households, if one parent isn't working, then they just kind of took on the responsibilities. They're the one logging onto the Zoom call, you know, helping get the homework turned in and take pictures of it and send it to your teacher when we all had to start working from home. But with my husband and I, we just had to start splitting it up and tag teaming. And oh my gosh, yeah. there's so much to do here. So that, that, that was interesting. Also just, you know, some of the availability of if both parents work, mm-hmm. how, how are we going to figure this out? It was a stressful but- time incredibly stressful, incredibly yes. stressful, right? And, and I- it depends on the ages. Like yours yeah. at the time, Megan, I mean, I had a pre-K five child who needed me to sit there and basically navigate yeah. the, the Zoom classroom with her. This year, she's in kindergarten and it's like a whole different ballgame. Like she's self-sufficient. She can do stuff herself. But last spring, it was like, yeah, how are people doing well, this? Well, I'll tell you how. Prosecco. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh <laughs> I learned two things last semester True. when we did virtual. Number one, first grade Spanish. I, I know more Spanish than I've ever known <laughs> in my right. life. My daughter's in the immersion program up here. Number two, I learned that I love wine. If it has bubbles, it fixes my mood. Oh, yeah. Oh, seriously. And earlier in the day than I ever thought I would drink, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> this is true. Three thirty comes around. You're like, is it yeah. too early? <laughs> and then all of a sudden that song, it's five o'clock somewhere. So, Makes so much and you're sense. Like, 
Why not? Why not? Yes. It's great. Yes. We figured it out though, right? We just, we figured it out. And as you mentioned, Courtney, our school was really great in terms of giving us, you know, tips on how to manage your time and how to log in and, and teachers are amazing. And I think, I think the pandemic reminded all of us that we can adapt, we can pivot when we need to, and we can figure it out. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm grateful to have been able to continue my job during the pandemic. I certainly understand that some people, you know, it was a really difficult time for them to manage. And it was fun for my kids to see me do this job from the basement, yes. right? Like normally I go to New York yeah. and they can't come into the office, but it was fun to have them see mommy at work. And I got to see them interact with their teachers. That was a blessing. I all agree. This. My husband was, he's a songwriter too. He was just um, interviewed on Fox News for something for this uh, songwriting program he does with veterans and he was down in the oh, basement cool. getting interviewed via zoom and we're watching it on the tv up here i was like this is so cool like and my kids yeah. are like wait dad's wait he's really right down there right now and then he just came up and it, his part was over and we're like that is wild but you're doing that like every day insane yeah, yeah. that's amazing yeah i think in some ways we can never go back to some of that because it's been you know wonderful to learn that we can stay home a little more Absolutely. i know so how how is that looking going forward are they going to want you to start going to new york again at some point yeah and and the job requires travel obviously i mean in terms of covering super bowls and covering breaking news and special events so i know the travel will come back in yeah. that sense and i literally just got a text from a gal in new york i have a really neat group of friends up there and she just said people are walking around the hot dog vendors are back on the city <laughs> in oh, the streets of new york so i think you know i think this yeah. summer probably end of the summer we'll start seeing people come in and out i think of the more. end is in sight i you know of course you can never predict with a pandemic but yeah Hopefully we're moving yeah. on. But I think one of the hardest parts for me during this pandemic, because people are constantly home, I'm being constantly talked to <laughs> by my children and working and all that, is being intentional with my time and not just like feeling so overwhelmed that everybody gets like a 50%. So how do you spend your time with your kids and, and your work and make sure you're giving enough to each without somebody without dropping the ball somewhere. Oh gosh. I mean, that is something that I struggle with and try to just continue to figure out every single day. Um, one of the best sayings I heard was I don't want my kids to get the rest of me. I want them to get the best of me. And I oh. often feel like they get the rest of me. I have a heart long days work, right? And then four or five o'clock comes yes. around and you're just tired and you want to have that glass of Prosecco on the couch and your kids want to play ball or play toss in the backyard. So right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure that out too, Morgan, honestly. Um, I try to turn off the phone, you know, and have those hours when I'm on my phone or when I'm emailing. I mean, my husband and I just got an alarm clock, a good old fashioned alarm nice. clock to attempt to keep the phone out of the bedroom. Now we haven't done it yet. We just bought the alarm That's clock, a good idea. but I am trying. I got it now. Right. So at least I, I just need to use it. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to, to prioritize when I need to do things and then push things off if it's not, you know, absolutely essential that I email someone back. And it's hard. I think I just need to turn over my phone because I'm the type yeah. of person if I just see the text or the alert. Same. I can't ignore it. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I saw a meme or heard heard the saying or something once where, you know, we're juggling all the things. You got the kids, you got the work, you got just all the things you have to do in life. As long as you don't drop all the balls at the same time, then you're good. Well, some are glass and some are plastic. 
That's right. I've heard that. Yes. You don't drop the glass balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are the kids. There was this um, movie, Steve Martin and Tina Fey, and I cannot remember what the movie was called, but he played her boss. And he used to make them do, he go, okay, it's time for five minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. And so, <laughs> as oh their God. way of connecting. So I have never forgotten that. And when my daughter is getting all amped up and I can tell she needs attention, I'm like, okay, Hadley, five minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. And hysterical. Does she do I'm it? kind of like, she'll like snuggle up in my lap and then we both like <laughs> stare. I think five bug-eyed. seconds. Oh my God. But I'll tell you what. Idea. That's so funny. There is something to be said about connecting and making eye contact with another person. And I can actually feel the endorphins in my body. And I know she can too. And it's like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Try it. I'm telling you, Parker would be laughing three inches from my eyeballs going, Mommy, this is funny. Fantastic idea. I'm stealing that, Morgan. I'm going to do that with my kids. Do it. Because their love language really is time spent. And that's this one of their love languages, just being on their level, getting down there and watching them, whatever they're drawing or making. So I'm stealing that girl. So do you need uninterrupted? I love it. I I want them to look at me for five minutes. So, yes. (laughs) So speaking (laughs) of quality time, what do your kids think about the fact that their mom has written a children's book yes. that is so sweet. I mean, it's absolutely adorable. Morgan was sobbing. I cried like a baby. Yes. I mean, honestly, it reminds me of our song, Time's a Thief, which is about motherhood and these memories we have of the kids from our perspective. But it's also just, you know, there's always time for them. There's always time for one more hug. And it's just such yeah. a sweet book. So what do your kids think about yeah. it? Where did the idea come from? It's, it's a great story, I think, because I, I wrote a book about, um, called Faith in the Spotlight, Thriving Career yeah. While Staying True to Your Beliefs about six years ago. And that was my sort of guidebook for you know, the balance of pursuing your career while doing all these other things. And a lot of people ask me about living in New York City and working in secular media. So wrote that book. And then the same company, um, Simon & Schuster, that published that book, they have a children's division, Aladdin Books. And one of the editors, I met her at a party and she just said, hey, would you ever want to write a children's book? And I was like, oh yeah, I have all these ideas. And so we set up a meeting and I went to her office and I had all these ideas like super girls and super heroes of the world and kids (laughs) are heroes. I mean, all these just crazy, big, huge, grandiose ideas. And ladies, my editor and the publisher was in the room too. They literally went, okay, so tell us about your kids. Just tell us about your life. Like they just push those ideas to yeah. side and they, and they just tell us about your life. And I was like, well, I have two boys and my son, Chase, my oldest, um, has a lot of anxiety getting on the bus. When the bus rolls up, he's constantly running back to me for one more hug, one more <sighs> hug, mama. Aww. Like he'll be in the front of the line, the doors open and he'll run to the back and he won't let go of me. And for a while, my husband and I were kind of hurrying him along, like, come on, let's go. You don't need to be late. And then we thought, gosh, he's reaching out for something here. He wants reassurance. Ended up telling him about my sons. And and I remember thinking like, I'm blabbing. I'm I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm totally off track in this meeting. (laughs) And my editor, Karen said, that's your book. One more hug. She said, that's your book. That's your story. She said, we need to hear that. And they started talking about their kids. It was an instant connection. And yes. she's a mm-hmm. amazing editor for a reason because she's right. When it's your story, it came out on the pages so easily. It just came out. And so, same with songwriting, you know, right? it's got to be what you're living. The truth to be. It doesn't have to be, but that's the one that's yes. going to resonate. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, Chase loves it because it's Aww. his, it's his call for one more hug to me. And now catcher, my middle son will call out for one more hug too. And so it was super fun to put it together in the illustrator here on Akata. I thought she did oh, such so a good beautiful. job. Yeah. It's adorable. It looked like us and yes. she knew the little scenes and the little scenarios in the book. And so I think Chase is proud of it. He thinks it's cool. Oh, it's you so know? Cute. Yeah. <laughs> so do you play guitar? I saw one of the pictures was mama playing guitar. Just your basic chords to yeah. be able to do Jesus Loves Me or, you know, we sing Edelweiss from The Sound oh, of Music at night. Song. Just your Aww. basic lullabies. I, I do enough to survive. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. you are in Music City, so you better That's know right. your few chords, right? So right. I know you are a busy woman, but we are so grateful for you popping on here with us. It has been so fun getting to hear your story. Yeah. I know a lot of moms can relate. Yeah. Full-time mom, full-time job. Yes, all of it. Full time, all the different things that we do, right? Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story with us. So before you go, we like to highlight mom fails each week. It's just another way to keep it real. Oh, I have so many. I have so many. We're all in the same boat. What is the best mom fail? Ready, go. Mom fail. My oldest son, Chase, is four and a half years old and he's in a hip hop class. Oh my gosh, cute. This was me and daddy's idea. We're like, let's do hip hop. Maybe he'll be a backup dancer someday for somebody, you know. And so we signed him up for the DC Dance Factory, which if (laughs) you're in the Nashville area, that is the dance (laughs) studio around town. His instructor was a backup dancer for J-Lo. Like it's very serious. And their big dress rehearsal, four and a half year olds, mind you, their big dress rehearsal was downtown Nashville at one of the big theaters. I had just had catcher. He was a couple months old in his car seat and we go downtown and we're parking and it's hot. And I'm like, we got to get my son to this dress rehearsal. And we go into this huge theater and we're in the back of the theater. And I see his dance team on stage ending their song for the dress rehearsal. And then I hear the instructor say, okay, everybody see you tomorrow night for the big performance. (gasps) Oh no. And I looked at Chase and he's like, mama, we missed it. And I went, I am so sorry. Mom fail. So my son missed the dress rehearsal. And the next night in the performance, he like did his best to keep up, but he had missed the cues that they gave him at the dress rehearsal. And I just thought I got to get it together. I got it. Oh, buddy. We've all missed a dress rehearsal before. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, at least he didn't miss the performance, the actual one. Yeah. And can I, can I add one more thing? Then my little baby like threw up, he stood up and it got over the (laughs) theater floor too. And I thought I'm just going to call it. Of course. Wrapping it up. Now it's time to go home. That's hysterical. That's, that is a good one. That's just the cherry on top for you, mama. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. In our program, we also do throw it at us. I had a book signing for One More Hug, my children's book at Parnassus Books in Nashville. And we had a little gathering. It was a great crowd and they have a little microphone and a little stage. And I went up to give my spiel about why I wrote this book. And my middle son, Catcher, who was four at the time, came up next to me and he's standing right next to me. And I do my whole speech about it's so heartwarming that my oldest son asked for one more hug. And Catcher goes, and then the (laughs) booty. really loud on stage. And then his friend in the audience, who's also four goes booty and all the little kids start laughing. And I was like, okay. Um, I just, I just tried to continue. I thought, oh gosh. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so similar story. My husband and I were playing a show at um, Dollywood. Oh, and my daughter, it was the sound check. So I was like, you can come up and you can say something in the microphone if you want. And she gets up there and she goes, and like makes freaking fart sound in the microphone. She's yeah. probably like, four and a half so parker is not that she's not the class clown she can be goofy and stuff but like she's a rule follower so this was kind of out of character just a couple weeks ago i'm putting her to bed and she she calls me after i've put her to bed and she's like mom i can't fall asleep i'm thinking about all of the stupid things i've done in my life i'm like honey you're six and a half you haven't done that many stupid things yet and she is just like on the verge of tears she goes yes i have I was just thinking about Dollywood. And I go, what are you talking about? Because I have forgotten <laughs> about this completely. And she has to like tell me the entire thing. And I'm like, my poor little, speaking of children's anxiety and like the things that they get worried about, yeah. she needed one more hug right then, oh big time. I mean, I had to talk her off the ledge for like days. She kept bringing it up. And yeah. I mean, I was all I could do to not like completely laugh because it was hysterical yes. that, oh, <laughs> Butts and farts will always be funny. I don't care how old you are. I know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And what is it about that four, four and a half age? I That's know. the that age. That is the age. I yes. love that age. I know. I it is something else. <laughs> it's so fun. Okay. Well, Megan and I oh have to gosh. jump because we have to go get in car line yes. to get our little ones. Yeah. Enjoy your car line. That's my least favorite part of the day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just glad Ford doesn't scream the entire time anymore. He's nine months old and it was a rough first six months. But... Jack does. That's why I'm always the last one, because I will not sit and wait. I will coast in. The minute we stop, he starts screaming. So that's fun. (laughs) No, I have to get Ford out of his car seat, and he, like, pretend drives for me while I'm sitting there for 20 minutes. But we survive, though. Yeah. At least we can finally roll down our windows and wave to each other now. They're letting us do that. Yes. It's like back to social hour again. (laughs) Woo! Bring your vino. No, I'm just yes, kidding. Yes, I know. Look exactly. for you, Courtney. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm in the white Buick. I'm looking so for you. I'll I'm find in the you. ultimate mom car. All right. Well, thank <laughs> you so much so for fun. joining us. This has been so fun, and I look forward to hanging at a preschool or kindergarten hang in the future. Absolutely. At one of our houses, perhaps. Whatever. Nice Sounds to meet you. Good. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you, ladies. You as well. And to Everyone listening, we're going to leave you with our featured song, Somewhere Out in California, which also happens to be our podcast theme song. There really isn't some grand story behind this other than I was sitting at a stoplight here in Nashville on a beautiful, sunny, blue sky day. I got the vibe and pieces of a melody in my head, clicked record on my voice memos on my phone and brought it into Morgan and my husband, Dave Turnbull, to make up a story about. Here it is. She wants that clock, that truck stop dive. Get stiffed on tips for the last damn time Then she'll flip them all the bird as she peels out of the drive She'll fire up a Winston Red Trade that dead end town for the highway west Take her chances cause she's willing to bet
enjoyed this episode of Chasing Dreams and Raising Babies. If you did, please leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast. Also, check out our music, We Are Hadley Park, on your favorite digital platform and head over to wearehadleypark.com for some awesome merch and to join our mailing list. Also, don't forget to write in, tell us your mom fails, and your kids say, that's it for today. See See you next time. time.